listener production. This is Global Truths with Dr. Keith Souter. Join us each week as we break down one issue in global politics so that you can understand what's going on in the world right now and what's likely to happen in the future. Our host, Dr. Keith Souter, is one of Australia's leading commentators on global affairs and geopolitics. My name is Sasha Barbagat. I'm a journalist. Next week, the world will mark 60 years since the shooting assassination of US President John F. Kennedy as he rode in a motorcade through Dallas, Texas. Ask anyone who was alive at the time and they will tell you they remember exactly where they were and what they were doing on the day JFK was murdered. But 60 years on, there are more questions than answers about who was responsible and who could have motives to cover it up. To talk all things conspiracy or not, I'm joined now by Keith. Keith, what are your memories of JFK's assassination? Well, I was a youngster, but I certainly remember the announcement being made on the BBC. I was still at that time living in London. And my father's immediate response was, there must have been a Russian plot. Mm. So I said, you're right. You remember where you were when you heard that news. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Look, within hours of the assassination, Lee Harvey Oswald had been arrested and charged with killing the president. Then just a couple of days later, he was assassinated himself. Talk us through the evidence that saw Oswald accused of killing JFK. Yeah, so we've got a number of different stories about what actually happened on November the 22nd. The standard version arose the, pretty well the, uh, the following year with the Warren Commission. Warren was uh, Chief Justice of the United States and was invited by, or well, bullied by President Johnson, the replacement for Kennedy, into taking on the job of chairing the inquiry. And so the Warren Commission came up with the idea that there was one person alone, Lee Harvey Oswald, who carried out the assassination. He did it from the Texas Book Depository, where he'd been working for a few months prior to this. President Kennedy was in Dallas getting ready for the 1964 presidential election. And so his role there was simply to fundraise and try to keep the Democrat Party in Texas together. And the final phrase that he heard before being shot was that, there we are, Mr. President, Texas loves you after all. Mm. And then the shots ran out. and. The motorcade sped up and President Kennedy's car was driven straight to uh, the big hospital in Dallas where they performed a surgery on him, but he was too far gone. Lee Harvey Oswald, according to the official story, fled the building, then ran across Sergeant Tippett, who was a Dallas police officer, shot him, then went into a theatre without paying and was seen breaking into the theatre, and he was arrested in the theatre. He was held for a couple of days without legal representation. The whole handling of this inquiry was just crazy. Mm. And so he had no lawyer. He kept saying that he was innocent. He was just a patsy. And then while he was being taken out of that building to go to another building, he was shot by a nightclub owner called Jack Ruby, who was then later imprisoned and died in prison for that murder, which was captured on on all the cameras. So when the official inquiry handed down its report, it said, well, look, Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. We're not sure about his motivations. He might have been a Cuban sympathiser. He might have been a Russian sympathiser. We just don't know. But he was acting alone and he was just extremely skillful 
in the bullets that he fired, including what's called this magic bullet, which mm. went through Governor Connolly, who was sitting beside the president and the president, and was found in very good condition, even though it had gone through two bodies. And that was seen as a way of just putting to rest this whole issue of, you know, what had happened down in Dallas. But immediately the assassination took place, there were all sorts of alternative ideas going on because when people saw the actual rifle that was allegedly used by Lee Harvey Oswald, that could not be used for such sharpshooting work. Mm. Plus you had to be firing through the branches of a tree to reach the president. So the experts looking at firearms alone very quickly on started to express doubts about the official explanation and we then get this phrase conspiracy theory, which you've already used. Yep. That was invented at this period. Right. By CIA to sort of allay people's fears about what was going on and in a sense say to people, don't believe all these alternative theories. And as we've gone on for the last 60 years, more and more people have taken the view that Lee Harvey Oswald may have been involved, but there were also others that were involved. So one of the issues, for example, is what's called Zapruder's film. Mm. Zapruder was um, a person living in Dallas with a home home camera sort of thing. And he captured the moment the president was shot, but there was one frame that was removed when they, the little movie footage was mm. made available to the public. The official argument is that it is so graphic we don't want people to see it because you actually see Kennedy's brains jo- mm. shot out of the head. Mm. But it, what it also shows is that he's being killed from the front and not the back. Lee Harvey Oswald was well above him in the building, looking down into Daly Plaza and fired into the motorcade from the rear. But it may well be that Kennedy was also shot from the front. So you've got one speculation about a bullet that went through his skull and we end up with all this tragic stuff about, you know, Jackie Kennedy scraping his brains off the back of the car. You also have one of the surgeons in the hospital saying there was a wound to Kennedy's throat from the front, not from the back. So very quickly, there are already alternative explanations. So there must have been two, three. I've seen all sorts of estimations, the number of people who were firing at Kennedy. It might have included Lee Harvey Oswald. But that's that's a story in itself, mm. you know, being seen at a window and then being seen down in the in the building's cafeteria, lower down. How did he move so quickly between these different floors? So Lee Harvey Oswald may have been involved, but in my view, was certainly not the major assassin. There were other people who were also involved who were much more accurate in shooting into the car. Now, you use the word official story, How much was it bought into by the American and indeed the global public, this official report of what happened? I think the official story initially was certainly accepted. It was only 30-odd years ago when there was a movie made about the assassination, which then triggered what is called the JFK Records Act, so that's 1992, which sailed through Congress unanimously, which is interesting, including Senator Joe Biden voting for the publication of all the government documents that the various departments have relating to the Kennedy assassination. There's about a third of a million documents. Wow. A huge trove. Mm. But key documents are held by CIA and they're not handing them over. Mm -hmm. So they've said, 
blankly to Donald Trump, who promised to have everything published in the election campaign back in 2016. I'll get them all published. And he failed to do so. So there are about 4,000 documents which have not been made available to the public that are within CIA files. And Biden, that the current president, will not challenge CIA either. They know what side their bread's buttered on. Mm. <laughs> yeah, well, so, yeah. you know, we, we've still got key documents missing on this 60th anniversary. Mm. And so there's still plenty of speculation about what happened and who was responsible. Mm. Well, let's dive in, <laughs> I suppose. Now, you sent me a lot of material before we had this chat and, you know, all of it kind of seems to revolve around CIA involvement, allegedly, in the assassination What do we know about what motives someone might have to assassinate the president? There was bad blood between CIA and Kennedy at this time. So Kennedy came to office in 1961 and was presented with a plan drawn up by CIA to invade Cuba to remove President Castro. This resulted in what was called the Bay of Pigs episode which people, as we now suspect, CIA expected the raid to go badly, Mm. which would then force the Americans to be directly involved in rescuing the military personnel, which were a group of Cuban rebels. The intention would then be to have the United States at war with President Castro. This was a big blunder on the part of President Kennedy, allowing the operation to go ahead. It was Mm. planned originally under the Eisenhower administration. Kennedy inherited it. The attack went ahead. At that time, he was only just in office and so really didn't have the confidence to stand up to CIA. After the failed operation, which caused him no end of embarrassment, Kennedy threatened to smash CIA into a thousand pieces. He got rid of the head of CIA, Alan Dulles, who'd been involved with espionage, well, really decades, including World War II. And ironically, the commission inquiry set up by President Johnson was dominated by Alan Dulles. Mm. And Alan Dulles was technically out of CIA on the day of the assassination, but was actually meeting with friends at a CIA facility at the farm. Mm-hmm. So he was actually very, still very well plugged in to CIA. Now, when people would start speculating on why CIA are playing such a difficult role. One explanation is that parts of CIA were involved with the assassination. Assassinations was one of their activities, removal of governments, that's what they were about. And so it may well be that getting rid of Kennedy through this lone gunman was standard CIA procedure. Don't forget that in 1968, Senator Robert Kennedy... President Kennedy's brother, was assassinated by a lone gunman, Mm -hmm. Sir Han Martin Luther King was assassinated also by a lone gunman. This seems to be the standard procedure. We also know that CIA were heavily involved in mind experiments involving LSD. And so whether they were just selecting individuals, subjecting them to LSD treatment and then programming them to carry out assassinations. We just don't know. There's all these question marks which CIA simply won't respond to. And so, you know, there are all your different explanations about CIA. On the one hand, it was a carefully well-organised operation. On the other hand, CIA had stuffed up and didn't want to admit 
See, what is interesting is we now know from the documents that have come out that CIA had been monitoring Lee Harvey Oswald since 1959. That's four years mm. of documents relating to Lee Harvey Oswald. They were monitoring his mail, his telephone calls, etc. And there is a, a general feeling that perhaps Lee Harvey Oswald was actually a, a CIA operative. Lee Harvey Oswald had grown up in a broken family, very disturbed childhood, joined the military and trained at the Army Language School in Monterey, California. He was discharged because he had to go and see to his mother, who apparently had ill health. So he, he was, at one point, completely broke with $203 in his bank account. He then took a boat to England nine days after his discharge, then took a military transport flight to Finland, staying at two of the nicest hotels in Helsinki, mm -hmm. then took himself on the overnight train from Helsinki to Moscow. Once there, he presented himself at the US Embassy to announce that he had become a defector. Embassy staff later recalled that his defection speech seemed odd and rehearsed. He spent two and a half years in the Soviet Union, and then just as curiously as he had defected, he returned home to the United States. All of this, as we now know, was being monitored by CIA. His link with CIA helps to make sense of how somebody who's broke, leaving California, can get on a boat to go to England yeah. and they arrange military transport to yeah. get to Finland and then stay at luxury hotels. Mm. So CIA either had employed him with a view to his carrying out at some point an assassination, not necessarily President Kennedy, or, in fact, that this is a monitoring operation which went badly wrong and they want to cover up their errors. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Global Truths with Dr Keith Souter. Thanks for your company as we discuss the continuing mystery of the assassination of JFK 60 years on. The Lee Harvey Oswald stuff is very interesting and, you know, I use the word mystery because... Sometimes it feels like we'll never actually know what happened. Do you think that's possible? I don't think we're ever going to find out fully what happened. I think that, you know, the coincidences that are around his death are just so amazing, and particularly the number of people who died, who were, were assassinated. They often committed suicide mm. or apparently committed suicide. So it's really weird. I've, I've been following another matter, which is that of one of Kennedy's girlfriends, whose um, name was Mary Pincho Meyer. You've got to bear in mind CIA originally came from the Office of Strategic Services, whose abbreviations during World War II, OSS, oh so social. Mm -hmm. This is a reflection on the fact that when they set up the forerunner of CIA, they only recruited graduates of Harvard and Yale. So it was a very thin crust of American society. We know what was going on in Britain, and yeah. some of those, of course, ended up betraying Britain. So what we're dealing with here with Mary Pincho Meyer, a woman who was a daughter of a senior American politician, knew Kennedy when he Kennedy was a, at Harvard. She ignored him pretty well because he just seemed to be a happy-go-lucky individual. She ended up married called Meyer, a world federalist, who then went to work for CIA, <laughs> all wheels within wheels. Wow. They all ended up living in northwest Washington. And so President Kennedy, when he re-entered Mary's life, had become much more sensible as a senator and then later as a president. 
I, I was intrigued about all this, I might say, because I was in Washington years later after the assassination with Ruth Lega Sivard and her husband, and we were just walking back from the restaurant where we had lunch, and they pointed out to the canal spot in Georgetown, which is the elite area of Washington, at the spot where this woman had perished. So 1963 is the assassination, the creation of the Warren Commission, and then in October, October the 12th, 1964, the following year, she is murdered on the canal path Mm -hmm. in Georgetown. And a young black man by the name of Ray Crump was arrested for the murder, and it looked like an open and shut case. And the Washington, D.C. police had no idea of the victim's significance as Kennedy's mistress. They just thought there was an attractive woman who had been killed by this black fellow. I recommend people study the work of his lawyer as a casebook example about how you can get your client off. The lawyer was uh, Davy Johnson Roundtree, mm-hmm. died recently at the age of 104, first black woman to be a member of the Bar Association in Washington, wow. D.C. She took the case on for a dollar and she did brilliantly in showing that he was actually innocent, which I found fascinating. Mm. But what is interesting is that a guy called Peter Janey, who was a friend of uh, the Pinchot Meyer family, so he was at school with the victim's son, he got interested in the death of Mary Pinchot Meyer. And it looks as though she, in 1964, was getting ready to denounce the Warren Commission as a frake, right? Uh-huh. So she was one of the first victims of the Kennedy assassination, not relating to Kennedy, mm-hmm. but simply to the cover-up yeah. of the Kennedy assassination. And again, remember, we're talking about the elite of Washington. So her brother-in-law was Ben Bradley, who made a name for himself with the Washington Post newspaper. Mm-hmm. He was advised, you've got to get hold of Mary's diary. She's writing about her affair with Kennedy. Get hold of that diary. And he then goes to her studio, which is in the back of his house. He couldn't get in, but not to worry, because James Jesus Angleton, one of the senior members of CIA, was already trying to break in with his own CIA toolkit. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Go and look for the diary as well. So it's, it's wheels within wheels. Yeah. So the, the book that Peter Janey wrote was called Mary's Mosaic, and he just looks at how weird the the whole case was, including the witness blaming the black fella for the murder, who coincidentally was an CIA employee. Wow. <laughs> oh. It's a rabbit hole. You just go deeper and deeper and into it. Never it never ends. Uh, it never ends. You're yeah. quite right. So in regard to your question, will we ever find out? I doubt it. The problem really overall with the CIA's being so awkward on supplying information is that it adds to the mistrust of government. You know, it helps to fuel the Trump campaign mm-hmm. about the deep state, about Q, about vaccines being unsafe, because you just can't trust the government. Mm. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? And like you said, we may never know. We probably won't. Dr Keith Suter, thanks for your company. Thank you. Global Truths is presented by Dr. Keith Suter and me, Sasha Barber-Gatt. Audio production by Niall Fernandez. Theme and original music by Matt Nikolic.